the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. As many of you may already know, prior to us leaving from uh, Mississippi for seminary in Boston, I was a police officer for nearly 12 years, nearly 12 years, and uh, sort of like becoming a priest in some ways. Becoming a police officer, of course, takes training and it takes education. So all those years ago, as I entered the field of law enforcement, I was sent to the State Police Academy for this training. Now, a small part of this training is going through what's called O.C. Pepper Spray certification. And I'm sure many of us know what that is. In order to be certified in the state of Mississippi... You have to be sprayed with this pepper spray and to, in order to carry it around. Now also in the state of Mississippi, you also had to complete an obstacle course after being sprayed with this spray. This course consisted of about, I think about six different courses uh, that we actually had to get through uh, that ranged from anywhere from punching a punching bag a couple of times uh, to actually, at the end, placing handcuffs on a person that was stationed as the last obstacle to overcome in this course. Now, after completing this last stage, we would finally find relief from the incredible burning that we were experiencing at the end of a water hose and an EMT that was there as well. Now, after having witnessed several of my classmates go through this course, some with success and some without, I began to wonder how in the world was I going to make it through this training. Now, after mulling, I remember after mulling this over in my head for a good while, I finally heard my name called out. I ran out of formation. I came to attention before the instructor doing the spraying, and before I knew it, I was hit with the worst sensation that I've ever encountered. My face was like it was on fire. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't see, I couldn't do anything from the inflammation that this OC pepper spray causes. And as the instructors do, after being yelled at to go, I took off. Barely able to see, no idea what was going to happen. But as I ran toward the first ob obstacle course trying to see, I remember telling myself that no matter what, I had to persevere. No matter what, I had to have faith that I could accomplish this task, no matter the obstacle that stood in my way. I wasn't going to give up. I was determined to be a police officer, I remember. And by the grace of God, I made it through that obstacle course and was able to find healing with the EMT personnel that were there to help us. I was able to find healing and restoration with those who were able to provide this at the end of overcoming these obstacles. Thank God. In today's gospel account, according to St. Luke, we hear about a certain woman with an issue of blood and a man by the name of Jairus who sought out Jesus in hopes 
of being healed and restored from the obstacles they faced in their own lives. Not only this, but they also had to face obstacles that stood in their way of just being able to get to Christ, as we heard in the gospel. I have to say that I think that this is one of the most remarkable accounts that we hear about in the New Testament. Because of what the two people in this encounter with Christ demonstrate to us. And I, although this account does have two different people in it, I would like for us to focus on the woman with the issue of blood for this homily. A woman who received the grace of God through her faith and through her perseverance. As the gospel tells us, she had been sick for 12 years, right? And had spent everything she had on all sorts of remedies and doctors, but seemed that seemed not to be able to help her in any way. She was probably aff- afflicted with what was probably some type of hemorrhage, I don't know, which at the time would have been an, ear, an incurable illness. But of course we know today that she would have been able to undergo some type of surgery. But at this time, she simply suffered. And all those uh, with this type of issue of blood suffered. It was not only the physical discomfort and pain she suffered from, but it was also the fact that according to Jewish law, a woman or a man with whatever type of condition she had was considered unclean. They would have rejected her. Everyone and everything that she touched or would have come into contact with, according to Jewish law, would have been infected with this type of uncleanness. Search a person was expected under the law to live a life of isolation completely cut off from the rest of society because blood is seen as unclean in Jewish tradition. In fact, the crowd of people would have in fact, if the crowd of people would have known this, they would have cursed her and they probably would have treated her very, very harshly simply for her infecting them. So afraid was she of being discovered. What did she do? She comes up behind Jesus. Comes up behind him. Comes up behind the crowd where no one could see her and she touches him in secret. She desired so desperately to seek out Christ that she was willing to give up everything to endure possible public ridicule in order to do so. And she did it. And in her perseverance, she overcame the obstacles that stood between her and our Lord. She persevered over the obstacles of the crowd. And as we talked about, I think, Two Sundays ago or so, she probably even overcame the obstacles of her faith, of her fears, and through her faith was able to see and touch Christ, who stood at the end of these obstacles, waiting to take away her burden. 
Bless the awful act, says in his commentary on this passage, she approached and touched the border of his garment with a firm faith that if she could only touch his clothing, she would be made whole. So as the woman brought her faith close to him who has power to heal, she immediately obtained healing. She gave no thought to anything else, neither to the many years of her illness, nor to the failure of her doctors. She only believed and was made whole. Again, bless the awful act and his commentary on this passage. The woman approached both the obstacles within herself and from without against all odds just so she could simply come to Christ. She saw Him for who He was. She recognized Him noetically with the eye of her heart and in doing so was able to touch Him bodily. She didn't seek out our Lord in some type of state of desperation, but with childlike faith. When she found Jesus amongst this crowd, she was probably only had to, was thinking to herself, if I could just get through this crowd and touch nothing more than the bottom of his garment, I will be healed. What a wonderful thing to think. She displays such boldness of faith by approaching Christ amongst the crowd. Like I said, this could have potentially defiled everyone in the crowd and would have subjected her to insult and ridicule. But what perseverance and faith this woman had, again, to make her way through these obstacles, this crowd, just to touch the hem of what our Lord was wearing. A thread, a thread of what He was wearing. And when she did this, she was immediately healed. And when this happens, what does our Lord ask among the crowd? Do we remember? Who touched me? Right? Who touched me? Of course, when we hear this, we automatically think that Jesus is referring to who touched him physically, right? Even our own patron, in, in true St. Peter fashion, says, Lord, these people are all over you. They're everywhere. What do you mean who touched you? But this is not what our Lord asks. He does not ask who touched me physically. And I love this. I love this about this encounter. But who touched me in faith is what our Lord asked. That's what He asked. He asked this of the people then, of this woman then. And He asked this of us now. Our Lord asked, who is it that through the perseverance of overcoming the obstacles of this world and in ourselves, reaches out in faith to touch me? The woman went against all social norms for the time to seek Christ out. She recognized Him as God and allowed her life to be transformed by her faith. In the church, we touch Christ through icons, through oil, through water, through wine, 
through bread, which becomes the body and blood of Christ, through prayer, through fasting, and the list goes on and on and on. When we approach the church and the sacramental life of the church, and we do this in faith, the grace of God is received. And it is through this grace that we come to understand, we come to comprehend, and we come to accept the obstacles that He gives us in each of our lives. None of our obstacles, dearly beloved, are the same. We all struggle with different crosses. But these things are not meant to punish us. They are meant for our salvation. Again, the woman with the issue of blood went against all social norms of her time to simply overcome the obstacles that stood in her way of reaching Christ. She sought Him out. Again, she recognized Him as God incarnate and she allowed her life to be transformed by it. We, my brothers and sisters, must be willing to do the same. To take this woman as our model. To recognize the obstacles of our lives, whatever these may be. And to move forward through the crowd. To reach out in faith with the desire, the desire to simply touch the hem of Christ. So that we may seek healing of whatever it is that ails us. And to strive to be in communion with Him. In his book, The Path to Salvation, A Manual for Spiritual Transformation, St. Theophon the Recluse writes, True, one may know man's final goal, communion with God, and one may describe the path to it, faith and walking in the commandments with with the aid of divine grace. One need only say in addition, here is the path. Start walking. St. Theophon the Recluse. We see in the gospel reading today that this is what the woman did. She started walking. She walked the obstacle-laden path. We see that there is no one who cannot find relief from the obstacles of sin and find salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ According to this gospel account, there is absolutely nothing that we can do that will make God not love us unconditionally. He longs for his children to come to their senses through confession, through repentance and to turn to him. Most often we let the crowds of this world block us from turning and from seeing Christ standing right before us as this woman did. She saw him standing right before her. And we often let these obstacles get in our way of touching him. Instead of gazing upon Christ, what do we do? We all constantly gaze, cast our gaze upon many other things, myself included. Instead of hearing the gentle voice of Christ calling to us, we are too busy filling our ears with the noise of this world. Instead of following Christ, we are often too busy of running in every direction, following every other path, and following every 
other different road. These, my dear friends, are the obstacles that stand in the way of touching our Lord. When all we have to do is to look to Him in grace. Pray to Him. Ask Him to give us the strength to struggle through casting our hearts on Him and to persevere in prayer and charity and love, engaging in the sacramental life of the church. This is how we approach Him with fear and faith. And it's then will we be able to clearly see Him amongst the crowd. So, dear brothers and sisters, I would like to leave us with a quote from St. Basil. And so let us be glad and bear with patience everything the world throws at us, secure in the knowledge that it is then that we are most in the mind of God. May we all, dearly beloved, strive for perseverance through the grace and love for mankind of the Prince and Giver of Peace, our Lord and Father, Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory, power, honor, and worship, together with His Father who is without beginning and the life-giving Spirit, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen.